Welcome to Greycast, exploring the world of Greyhawk one podcast at a time. This podcast is all about bringing the classic world of Greyhawk setting to life through Greyhawk creators, Greyhawk lore, Greyhawk streamers, Greyhawk stories, and of course the vibrant Greyhawk community of gamers. Thank you for tuning in and let the exploration of Dungeons & Dragons' most classic and revered setting, the world of Greyhawk, begin now. Hey, welcome fellow Greyhawkians, uh, aficionados of D&D of the classic setting variety. It's Wiley Hobbit and Mateus, and we are here with yet another gripping, edge-of-the-seat, scintillating installment of Greycast. And boy, oh boy, do we have a treat for you. Not that our other episodes haven't been treats or anything, but I feel particularly energized with this one because um, I'm going to get to interact with some of this content on a personal level, but we'll get to that in a minute. We have got with us a um, friend of the program, a uh, regular guest almost. I don't know if you've hit regular status, Anna, but of all of our guests, you've, you're <laughs> definitely in that, you know, been here two, three, four times. So Anna B. Meyer, the I kind of think of her as sort of our very own mistress of maps, the cartographer par excellence. How are you, Anna? Oh, good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, glad to have you again. And with Anna, we have a very special guest, Cannibal, which on Discord is C-A-N-I-B-A-A-L, but his like earthling regular dude name that he has to use at work, right, is Troy. Troy, welcome, man. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Glad to be here. It is really we're, cool to have you. We're cool to have you, absolutely. And Mateus, I just got to ask, are you sitting on the front porch of your new residence in Iowa as we do this? Yes, the sun porch. The sun so, porch. So I am I'm insulated from the elements. Nice. Uh, so new f- sun Yeah, because they don't have the sun in Canada, so he's just no. kind of, you know, weaning <laughs> All we've got is away from the smoke darkness. and snow. Yeah. Smoke yep. and snow, yeah. <laughs> you you look like you you taking up the Gygaxian pose on on the front porch. I can almost that's imagine right. that that that's has a legacy to it. Right, that's right. Yep. Troy, this is your first time on our program. Tell us a little bit about how you came to D anD D, and how you discovered Greyhawk. Well, it started uh, way back whenever I was about. Eight, ten years old. Uh, my introduction was the Holmes box set with a neighbor kid that was a couple years older than me. He got it. Uh, I got to play with that. Uh, then the Moldvay basic set. Uh, I got one of my own. Uh, started playing, writing up your characters on three by five cards, you know, with all the information. That's what you used. Uh, played off and on, and then I went into the Navy for 20 years on submarines. I didn't play at all because <laughs> we had no time. Uh, then came back, uh, messed around with a little bit, uh, was watching mainly streams and busy with, with other stuff. And then I stumbled upon Lord Gazumba's 
uh, cast, his stream, uh, met the fine folks of the Cannon Fire Discord, and wrote uh, got wrangled in to write some postcards for Rich Longitalos and became a, a member of the community. Yeah, man. First of all, thanks for your service. Thank um, you. And I think it's important to note, too, Anna, you have a little bit of a military background as well. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, the Swedish military for some yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So on behalf of the fine folks in Sweden, I would like to thank you for your service as well. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. That's a, that's a thing I just can't get with is all that military i couldn't do it i'm just a chicken or a wimp i don't know what oh, but you, you will get into it yeah some basic training and you will get yeah they'll whip me into shape yeah yep. there'd be a, probably be a lot less of me too because you know that but uh yeah so very very nice to have you both here today anna we've kind of heard your D, D story uh from our from our first visit so we'll we'll pass along with that but the reason we've brought you here today um, in the interest of classic D&D &D and so forth, is you two have worked with a group and given our community a tremendous gift uh, in memory of a dear friend we lost. It's been over two years now, I think, right, Anna, since Len yeah. passed? Yeah. Hard to believe. Um, but Len Lakofka, um, an early, early writer for TSR, think like Bone Hill, um, and he's kind of the master of the, uh, is it the Lenore Islands? That right? Lindor Isles. Lindor. Yeah. I was so close. Yep. Yeah. Jeez. Or Lindor Isle. Lindor it Isle, yeah. depends on if you, when I talked to, 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 to Lind about that, it was more like, well, the other islands didn't exist. It was like <laughs> one island for him. So, yeah. but, but various maps. And, and to me, kind of cool to have a little bit of the islands and, and they kind of, it spread out. And, and there was one island, but that we get to that, that later on. When yeah, we yeah. get to the, the little island south of, of the main island, so to speak. Yeah, so you two have have performed a labor of love and brought some of uh, Mr. Lakovka's uh, here to four unpublished works to light in the form of a couple of modules. And so we're here to talk about that today and talk about the process and how this became a thing and and whatnot. So I think maybe the, the place to start would be uh, maybe just give us an overview of the two modules that are published, LA-1, The Lighthouse, and LA-2, Devil's Dung, and how this project got started. Please, Troy, this is your baby way more than mine. Yep. <laughs> well, um, you know, like I said, you know, I've been a member of the Cannon Fire community. Uh, and, you know, I, I heard about the Lakovka archive, which is basically the entity of all the material that Len had left over. Uh, you know, Len Lakovka was a friend of Jay and Anna and josh pop and anna living as close as what she did to him uh after he yep. passed she went and gathered up all this material and uh created this archive and some things were in motion but it was kind of uh stalled uh to get stuff done and anna put out a call for help and a couple of us you know, volunteered, okay, what can we do? And we were given access to the archive and looked through. And I, I slowly, I just started small. I was uh, also training myself using Incarnate. So I made uh, the Tripedal Tavern map. Uh, basically, it was a, a basic map of a tavern. And I just brought it into the present day 
uh, technology with uh, using an incarnate mapping program. And I did an archipelago and, and that. And then, uh, you know, people were talking about, you know, well, you know, can we get, what else can we get done? And uh, they lost one of the persons that was doing the, the AD&D treatment for ravages of the mind. Uh, so I started looking, okay, well, what can I do? And in the archive, there were these old uh, ornament modules, basically, designed by Lynn, written by Lynn, that were there on these old dot matrix printouts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, that was so typical. And then he had I, I, I literally, like, there were yards of, of of these kind of from the 80s dot matrix printer and one of the problems i had with scanning them was that the perforation was kind of in the middle of the text and stuff so i had to they're still attached like five yards of them oh, in, wow. in one go and that so so i basically fed it through i bought a special scanner and fed them through and then scanned them in and uploaded them so so we put together a, a depository online so yeah with it so I picked out these two and set a goal to have them done to be released at GaryCon, which was last year's GaryCon. So I went through that process. I was like, okay, yeah, well, this isn't this isn't going to be hard, you know, just OCR, you know, the dot matrix, you know, and I won't even have to retype this, you know, and it'll be bam, I'll have a good working copy. Nope. <laughs> couple different OCRs later um I would like to shout out Balfrin he he had the uh the best uh solution that that worked the best I ended up still retyping the whole thing but uh basically he enhanced the the imagery enlarged it and then scanned it and the OCR that he produced was the best version of it uh, still had some minor things in it but i mean it's still it's saved work uh but yeah then I, I started on uh devil's dung and the lighthouse uh both at the same time working through them uh i made the maps for the lighthouse recreated one of the maps that uh, len had for that in, in incarnate and then uh i sent the original dot matrix right up to dan smith who is an illustrator artist um very well known uh, long history pedigree with uh, rpgs role-playing games uh doing art um and i just i like to give him it and then as an artist i know he reads through it and then pulls out what pops to him uh, in my experience, it's just best to leave an artist uh, choose how and what they want to draw because you usually get their best efforts that way instead of like constricting them and confining them. So I got the the artwork back for both. Uh, whenever I explained it that this was for the Lakofka archive, uh, Dan was like, oh, Len Lakofka? And I was like, yeah, do you know him? And he was like, yeah, I, I know Len Lakofka. Uh, he lives out in California, too. I don't know how well he knew him, but he he knew him. And uh, 
he actually created the Lakafka archive symbol for us that we use, which is on the modules that you can see with yeah. the hand and the tiny hut. And the tiny hut, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, going off of uh, Leoman's tiny hut, Len Lakafka's article that he had in Dragon Magazine. And I have to say this art is dynamite. Um, yeah, the modules are just so nicely produced. I've got a pair of, I've got each of them here in my hands. Um, so well done. Maps look great. Um, and this is just such a classic Len work. And so my question for you, I got a quick follow-up. So you mentioned these were tournament modules. So what's, what makes a tournament module, a tournament module versus just an adventure? Um, usually they're a lot shorter. Right, like ideally, they're meant to be ran in three to five hours. Uh, I mean, they they can be written for longer, and then it's just a gauge on how fast or if the party can complete it during the right. time limit that's set. Yeah, yeah they, they usually. Have, oh, go ahead, Anna, go ahead. I was going to say they, they usually emphasize on the mechanics and encounters to be obstacles and uh, an obstacles course way more than backstory and and setting and lore and stuff. They're usually very weak in that because they're supposed to be kind of equal for all the parties. So so there's less story ambiguities and more mechanics, yeah. more more puzzles and and stuff like that. They can be measured and 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 used the same way by different parties using it. So. Yeah, I think as a collection of folks who have run a game or two, anytime you add a little ambiguity or a little story window, mm -hmm. the party climbs through that yep. and it's it's over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Getting finished yep. is done. So, yeah, it's almost a little bit, I suppose, to, to use that horrible term right that everybody cringes at, railroady. But yeah. when you're in a tournament or you're at a con, you have a window. And, you know, it is a little painful as a player and a DM to, to get to the end of the window and have to close it before you're wrapped up. So there is, you know, a purpose behind the emphasis on mechanics and encounters versus meandering. But I would say, uh, having looked through both of these, you could build a, a campaign. Uh, you could build either of these into a campaign or build a campaign around or from them. So, you know, feel free to, to do, you know, what you want with them. Very nice. And I just gonna say like i'm gonna uh stream a game for virtual greyhawk con uh this fall and i'm gonna i'm gonna run one of these i think the lighthouse is probably the direction i'm gonna go it seems a little bit like it might be easier to get in that four-hour window than devil's dung so um pretty stoked and honored to be able to do that i also really love how um both modules are made to look like um old TSR first edition modules. The uh, lighthouse looks like an earlier, one of the earlier, uh, the cover looks like one of the earlier TSR modules. And the second one looks like one of the slightly later AD&D modules. And the font on the inside is, I can tell it's Futura, uh, the same font used um, in some of those early modules. So it, it, it's meant to give those, uh, those feels. Uh, and that's that, you know, those nostalgia feels that's really cool. I have, when, oh, oh, go ahead. What, whenever I, cause I designed those ones that he has there in his hand that he has, I actually mirrored L1 for the lighthouse mm -hmm. for the design front and back and, and everything. And the fonts, I've researched the fonts that were used during that era and tried to get, you know, either the same or equivalent fonts. 
And then same thing for LA2, Devil's Dung. I mirrored that off of L2, Assassin's Knot, with that cover design and everything. That's why they that's why they look so close. So thank you for noticing that. Yeah, yeah. L, L1 here looks just like Bone Hill. Um, that that yep. was the first thing when I opened the package. Um, I thought, boy, oh, boy, that just brings back such really, really great memories. Yeah, thank you. you iterate, Troy, you iterated many times and, and I saw a lot of different samples as you worked your way towards something that looked really, really good at the end, so to speak. So so a lot of kudos for all the hard work getting there. Now, so team, team effort, because I was, I, again, you know, I'll reiterate, I was fortunate to have Anna and 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 Josh and, and everybody in Discord right i would bounce ideas off i would show pictures you know either in discord or on camera and get people's feedback so it, i mean it was entirely a group process yeah that 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 feedback you get on on the discord for ideas is is valuable especially yeah. if if for writing if if you're writing something and it's bad or doesn't make sense they will tell you <laughs> Yes. And that's good. And that's um, what you want. Yeah. Yep. That's what you want. I have a follow-up on that. So can is there any connection then between these two modules, LA1 and LA2, and um L1 through what is it? L1 through four, L1 through five, three? Yeah. Uh, the the previous the, the 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 previous series of modules. Are they connected? Could they be connected to a campaign? Do they all take place in the same area for those who don't know who maybe like myself never played any of the l modules what's the connection between the tsr l modules and these ones well um l1 is actually it that's on lindor isle um there are two locations that have lighthouses uh so it could be on either one of those locations for la2 devil's dung that is actually in ID in the northern part, right down at the, the southern edge of the Great Kingdom area where Len placed that one. So and that that's in his writing. You know, that's just where where he had it. Mm -hmm. That is great. There's an excellent inside the, the cover of the lighthouse. It, yeah, it spells it out right there. It's right on uh, Low Reltarma is the city on this little <laughs> island off the shore, the southern coast of the Lindor Isles, and that lighthouse kind of protects the strait that's formed between the little island and the mainland. And uh, it's, I'm really excited. I think that's the one I've kind of settled on running, but uh, I love that it's, you know, you, it just feels like Lens work to me. It's, it's all been just kind of brought to life versus redone. Um, you just took what Len did and, and just made it, publishable and it's uh it's really cool really anna cool. Can, can you talk about that map on page four is that just the map from your um campaign uh the 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 campaign world or did you uh zoom in and redo this specific no, this area? is just the the regular map but okay. with a couple of of changes and and uh, we 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 have uh, moved uh, laurel tarma out to that little island where it, len wanted it and i i think i've done it on the latest edition of the map too i switched them around because the story behind it is that that Darlene or Gary or someone when they did the, the the published version of the Greyhawk map, they put Laurel Tarma 
in on on uh, on the main island and stuff and and they they were also switched around thing and one of the things was that they moved things a little bit because uh, the lendor isle was cut off on the the edge so they just moved things in so 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 they they just Oh, adjusted things so it will end up there, so to speak. So it was, so so, so that was that that was some mistakes. And I remember Len said many times he didn't like Darlene one bit because she screwed up the map, so to speak. Oh. But we don't even know if it was a Darlene decision or if it was a Gary decision. But we we can understand why it was done because they just wanted to squeeze things in that ended up outside the edge. And these are things that happens in a production, especially when you have print constraints to 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 cater to, and and that that kind of made a mess and Len was no why the heck did you screw up my island because of it so so that was one of the things so now I've, I've, I've changed it and if it hasn't been it's going to be in the next release it's going to be be uh, adjusted so we have it and also the spelling I think is supposed to be Laurel Tarma in one word and not two words so so that might be but I have to look into that I had some notes Troy did you remember is it one word or two words in 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 Lens spelling for lower tarma yeah one word okay yeah one word so yeah I need a, lot, to, that, a lot of people yeah put lo and then a mm -hmm. space and then yeah. tarma but it's actually one word in in yep. lens mm -hmm. writings yeah so that we need to be adjusted on on future editions of this too because that was it's in my notes of things to do i have i i keep a, a note of list of all the changes that people tell me and and I, I, I try to keep it below 300, so, <laughs> so there's always things popping in that needs to be added or changed, and this is one of them. So, so, so. Yeah, and you, you were kind enough and thorough enough, um, Troy, to include a little note about that in the front of the Lighthouse module that Len does spell it as one word, but that yep. a space was added on the original Darlene map. And a lot of people saw it there and went with the two-word version. So yep. I love that bit of actually knowing how these things happen and that just makes it, I don't know, it just brings it to life for me and it reminds me and keeps uh, Leonard close in my mind. And, and that's, I think the real gift of this is, is what you've given the community as a way to stay, you know, connected to Len after his passing. Really, really cool. Yeah. That's been a, a, the main focus for this whole project is to keep the, what he wanted, his vision, his style, right like you know me and anna and josh everybody you know didn't want to make it our own this was this is lens right mm -hmm. and we just yep. want to uncompleted uncompleted or unpublished stuff that len did and we wanted to get it out there to the public you know in in mm -hmm. his way how, yep. how many more uh uh adventure hooks or or modules adventures unfinished ones do you have sitting in uh in piles do you want me to answer that or yep, you do you want to answer that or not well i i can say first of all the sash is probably about two thousand pages or so of, of stuff and but the problem is that half of that is and now we're going to lens uh, his way of the new adventures if he creates a town he took an excel spreadsheet and made this stats for every individual in the town so if there were a thousand people he had a spreadsheet with a thousand stat blocks and he printed them on 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 with a dot matrix printer in in, in the late 80s and so so about half of those two thousand something pages are 
just stat blocks like that. Or sometimes wow. it's even the, not the stat blocks, it's the source code because he wrote a basic software to generate these stat blocks and stuff back in the day. I think he worked in 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 retail in the uh, in distribution retail distribution. So he wrote he 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 did a lot of logistics and stuff. That was his day job. So 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 he knew this by heart, so to speak. He, right. he was very, very thorough with this. He knew Excel, he could program, he can, he was, this was his forte, so to speak, to manage masses of information like this. That was his, he loved that part. And and he did Excel, really excelled at it. So, 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 so a lot of stuff is that, meaning it's of less interest to us, at least from my perspective, it's the lore, the, the stories, the, the, the stuff, that's where the juicy bits is. And I don't think there are that many more modules. There, there, there was not that many more full modules he was working on, but there are tidbits in there, in here and there, in, in the hiding in plain sight, so to speak, in, in, in some of it that, that can definitely be developed on, so to speak. Yeah, so so you're saying that um, there might be a future uh, module or two that might say something uh, inspired by ideas mm -hmm. from yeah, Len from, from yeah. the archive. Yeah. yeah, and and little place names and and stuff like that. Little anecdotes like there's a Lurg temple here, or 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 there's something like that in in that. But, and and one little anecdote was that when I. I had a f several Zoom conversations with with Len the last few years of his life, working on 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 a better map of the Lendor Isles and and some other projects that he wanted to do. And 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 when I started asking, I said, "What this? What does this area look like?" And and try and visualize it for me a little bit. And he was like, hmm, I'm not sure. You see, the, the cleric of that temple, he's a cleric of an unusual deity. That was that was all he could think of, so to speak. So 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 he he was not a visual person, but he was very kind of mechanics and story oriented. Those things where he he was really, really good at those parts, so to speak. And and we also have to remember he came in and played and was part of the D and D community really early on when the wargaming was still prevalent. Mm -hmm. It was the wargaming roots were like th that was the previous edition of D and D and Chainmail and all that. That's was those were the days when he was really influential of the game. So 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 it was more of a mechanical game than it is today, and and less of a story. So so but he introduced so much story and world building into the game. So so in that sense, I think it was ahead of its time. But now we kind of lost some of it. But that's a whole different discussion. But so I think Len combined. The number crunching with story and world building, so so mm -hmm. so that's an interesting combination. Yeah, it sure is. Well, this is uh, I'm really excited to run this um, as a as a part of Virtual Greyhawk Con, just as a nod to mm -hmm. good old classic D and D and a way to yep. to remember Lynn. So um, I I do have one thing to put out. Um, yeah, in, in this whole process, we did find out that the lighthouse was published before in uh, the grog talk magazine flipping and turning uh it was put out in there i do not remember what issue it is but it it has some really nice uh three-dimensional art uh, associated with it uh we didn't find this out until after the fact uh, cause in the archive, 
stuff is moved to completed folder that has been published that we know of. And during that process uh, with other people that uh, worked on it, uh, that individual, he just forgot to put it in that folder or whatever, and it was missed because we didn't know. But that's something you might want to look at, Wiley, just to, to see what yeah. they have in there. I mean, it's the same material, but, you know, maybe presented uh, different. But it has a really good map in there, too, that was or the drawing in there. It's a map, but it's three-dimensional. Oh, yeah. Like isometric. It, it's really nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'll check that out. So for each of these modules, um, LA1, the lighthouse, and um, LA2, Devil's Dung, give us um, give us the elevator pitch. Give us the uh, maybe each each of you do one. Give us like a couple sentences. Set up the adventure as if you were teasing a group of adventurers to come and sit at your table and play it. Go ahead, Anna. You, the one. No, no, no. Please, you, you do this. You, you, this is definitely your 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 question to answer. Yeah. Okay, for the lighthouse, because I know Wiley's really interested in this. He's paying attention. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, basically, like this. This is the man. If you don't have have anything planned or or something fell through or just spur of the moment, man, you can grab the lighthouse and just go with it. You know, basically, it is a endurance test of these are your heroes and you have lizard men waves of lizard men that are backed by a powerful human group that want to take out this lighthouse and the basically the humans are using the lizard men to take out the lighthouse uh because of their the light and everything and it's the NPCs versus these waves, and the waves get harder as they as they come. So, you know, for the players, it's all about you know managing your resources, thinking tactically, you know, and using your your spells wisely with the terrain. Um, I, I mean, there's really a lot to go with that. Yeah, and, and and there's the option, right? Because it was a tournament module. You know, hey, if if, if things get too hairy, you can actually leave. Like there's on the map, you'll see the, the uh, stairwell that goes down to the boat dock and they can get on a boat and leave. Yep. Right. So that, you know, running is an option in this and, you know, nothing against those who do it. You know, it's like, if you're smart enough to realize that, Hey, you know, that things aren't going well, you know, you can leave. So, uh, with that one, that that is definitely a tactical, uh, very nitty gritty, and you could just pop it up. You could plop it in anywhere, any anywhere, any one campaign that you have. If you know, you can mm -hmm. throw a lighthouse on on a coast, and bam, you can implement it. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, it's it's great because he's got let's see, three, seven nine NPCs. The lighthouse defenders are all in there. They're they're statted out. Um, which is, this looks to be basic. Is that right? Fifth edition. Fifth or, or no, I'm sorry. 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 First edition. Yeah. Yeah. First, first ed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there you go. And they could easily be, you know, just kind of converted over. 
into 5e if you've got you know players that are more familiar with that edition so um the whole thing is is there um and i'm thinking that um the you know the you could take this and if you have an ongoing campaign the results of this adventure could affect your campaign mm -hmm. what if your the party has to leave the lighthouse if the lighthouse gets destroyed what does that mean for whoever did it their goal their next goal after that so you could make this the beginning of a of a thing um or if you you stop them well what are they going to try next so you could you can there, there's it sounds like there's um different ways you can take this one what about the second one devil's dung what's the setup in that one devil's dung is a timed adventure uh you have 24 hours to complete the task of finding devil's dung and preparing it and using it on uh, magical plates that uh, basically port you uh, to there. Um, it is, uh, you have a plethora of PCs, NPCs to choose from. Or, well, player characters, uh, the art is in there for them. And as soon as you, as soon as the players start asking questions about the area, Leonard is specific in that write-up. He's like, start the clock. You know, and and that's your time, right? And if you don't make it, then those characters are lost and you don't get out, <laughs> basically. So, you know, that can be ran uh, in a tournament, you know, version just like that. You know, it's like, well, how far do you get? Do you complete it or not? And there's a, a plethora of information in there. There's two town maps, uh, you know, of the two towns that you interact with. And then there's a graveyard map above ground and below ground um as i mentioned before dan smith was was so happy to help uh the lakofka archive that he volunteered to make the maps as well and i think they're outstanding you know plus all the art that he did for it and stuff mm -hmm. um but yeah you go from uh overland travel uh with a myriad of of difficulties to a pair of mated red dragons that you could run into uh, to uh, differences in whether you travel at day or you travel at night, you know, and there's different stuff that you can run into as you're heading to this graveyard where you find out through asking townspeople, uh, which Len has all statted out and who knows what it's all who, there, who doesn't know. Right, you get that information and then go and find out that you have to go to this graveyard, and that's where devil's dung it's a plant, and you have to harvest it and then create you know, uh, harvest it and then create what you need the resource to use for the spell. So, and it's I'll tell you, it's it's super detailed in that, um, with the graveyard each gravestone is numbered headstone <laughs> and there are details about each yes headstone so that just gives you an idea of 
lends uh, attention to there are 85 headstones, each with some note about what it may or may not be or is or is not. Um, and even in the, the lighthouse, there's, there's uh, you know, notes in here about the goals of the attackers and tactical things that you should consider. So you're as a DM, you're not left to decide how the, the baddies are going to come at this. I mean, it's all in there to be run. It's like everything except lunch and a beverage. Um, it has everything. I mean, it's, it's really incredibly detailed. So how much do these cost and where can we get them? Anna, they cost nothing and you can get them at my website and and on the front page there is on the right there is a you can click on them and you can download the pdfs they are creative comments and and they're free to use and free to share and 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 play and run and and yeah mm -hmm. so they well, don't cost that a penny. Awesome. That thank you awesome. thank you guys so much for coming on and talking about this but before we go we want to hear um, I know both of you have got tons of projects that you're doing. So we want to hear, we want to take a, just a little bit of time so you guys can plug your projects. Um, uh, who wants to go first? Tori, your turn. Yep. Okay. I am, uh, I, I recently posted on Cannon Fire that uh, my timeline might slip. But uh, I have uh, three of my adventures that I'm working on. Ocean's Bounty, which Matthew and is playtesting right now Good. with Les's group. It's also being playtested uh, by another group at the same time. So once I get that back, I can make the changes. And then that should be designed and layout and then out there. Um, and then Curse on a Coastal Town, which is slated for October. And then part two of the Arma Qualish series in search of Qualish in December. That's awesome. And uh, I can I, I can tell everybody that the the first module uh, that you're doing the the Ocean's Bounty is, is that what it's called um, is good. It, it, it's a rip roaring high seas adventure, uh, very very reminiscent of parts of the Caribbean. I could hear the music playing in the background. It was great. Uh, then I'm also working on uh, the Gulf of. Uh, I did the Gulf of Geyer Gazetteer from the Beyond the Flaness guys. We are currently in the uh, domain of the Despotic King, uh, which is also from the Beyond the Flaness, which is out there in Western Oric around the Sea of Hyperborea. Uh, that's in progress right now. We're still uh, tidying up and, and adding to it. Uh, and then, uh, I guess I should tell Amanda, uh, yes, you should, this there, is coming uh, out a little bit later. So please do there, <laughs> there are, uh, two more Len Lakofka archive items slated for release for Gary Khan again this year. All right. The, the first one is called a minor threat, which is another tournament module oh nice. gary con next year you mean yeah oh yeah next for next yep. year mm -hmm. gary con yep. um and it's 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 like the tournament module just like uh, the others uh that was found uh, i already have it retyped up uh i'll be working on the maps for it and then i'll send it out to dan smith for art again uh 
giving it the whole treatment. And then uh, there's a secret squirrel project mm -hmm. that I am working on that I think, uh, I don't want to reveal it yet, Anna. I'll, I'll reveal okay, it later. You do, but, it, do it when you, but, uh, when you want to. Yep. I think everybody will be very happy with it. Uh, it's, I've got maps done for it. I got art. I'm receiving art every day. It, it's going to be loaded. And I, I, like I said, I think everybody is going to enjoy it. At least I hope they do. Oh, the, the little glimpses I've seen look fabulous. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I know what you're talking about. And I think, uh, yeah, very nice. Well, thank uh, on behalf of all the community. Thanks for, thank you so much for taking some of your hard, your, your, your valuable time and, and devoting it to, uh, developing this uh the setting and, and making adventures and modules and maps uh uh so that you know we can enjoy them and use them and play them that's that's uh we, re we it's we're very appreciative of, of all your works and and maybe uh we'll have you on again and uh and talk in a little while when once these things come out and you can uh we can dissect them Anna. and and what and oh. sorry and one day the underwater atlas of Greyhawk. That's right. Ooh. That's my personal project, but I've mm -hmm. had I've I've put it on hold to help produce and get this other stuff out. But mm -hmm. I am still actively working on it too. Just so nice. Go ahead, Anna. Sorry. That's awesome. No, no, no. This this is awesome. So, and I, I need to state again, my role in these modules like has been as an advisory kind of side role not much more than that so to speak and then hosting them when they came out the end so to speak so so it's very very much choice work with with help from from the community that's how i would say it yeah good help with the community well and when it comes to my projects the <clears throat> I, the big undertaking right now is something that is not much visible so to speak is that i'm converting all the existing Fl flannies and and hypmonaland map into gis that's the big project going on and and it's it's a huge undertaking that would take probably about yeah i, I hope that i can have the first version out somewhere next summer is this mm. the, the the goal to have it out and it, it is a and because it, it encompasses so much from from i need to have a basic idea of what the whole globe globe look like looks like and i need to put it all in and and i'm one third through it now i'm starting to get into the phase i have to actually sit and place every little thing and type in the name and and the, the details and stuff like that and, and there's thousands of little things that needs to go in there but i'm i'm i'm, I'm getting there so, so it's 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 slowly coming to 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 shape so the basic data is coming in and this is very much uh, future proofing and may, enabling thing completely new things to be done with it so to speak so it's kind of a, upgrading the basic technology of the whole project mm. of mapping greyhawk so so we can have an op open uh, uh, street map view of, of worth eventually so oh, potentially wow. yeah and that will also set the standard so others can help and put things in there too so so, awesome. so it's it's setting standards as much and, and as as doing the, the actual groundwork and then wow. i'm also working on moving from the I've, I've worked so now for 20 some years in doing setting wide maps now i'm moving into the next scale of actually doing detail like cities and and and, and the detail 
areas. So I'm, I'm moving into porta potty scale, meaning one pixel is five feet, <laughs> and and from one pixel being a mile, so to speak. So so I'm I'm done for my test area has been the shield lands for my own campaign because I usually use my own campaign stuff as research and development, so I can screw up on the own stuff I use in my own games. And it's also a way of quality testing that it actually functions to run games with in order to just put something out. out. So, and I've done the Southern Shield Lands and the Crit Wall area. So I'm working on the Crit Wall area as my first pure, fully fledged city map project for, for Greyhawk and, mm. and for anything really, so to speak. And I also needed for, for other projects that I'm working on that we should not talk about more in this show, we can talk about it somewhere else and 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 to move into city mapping with full 3D and and the, the whole wow. shebang, so to speak. So 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 the crit wall area has been my test bed for it. So I have southern shield lands but thousand square miles a little over fully detailed now with with that and i'm moving on to do more and to render it in full full 3d and, and have it integrated with gis and so then it's more about getting all the styles right and so on that is is some these are the two big projects and i have another project that that is is big that is kind of pewter in the background and that's my historic maps i realized that i wanted to know where greyhawk came from and i've read so many little cool articles tidbits or whatever so i want to make my version of what i think is the story so i'm hmm. i'm writing up the the story of my greyhawk campaign for the last fifteen thousand years up until the, the recent times and there will be four or five epochs with maps leading into it and and i'll i'll try and 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 use my the way i do it is that i try to keep all the things that are there in official stories and then i tweak it just a little bit and add a whole bunch of stuff on top of it and try to explain why it happened and interweave things into it so so there will be the the the, the backstory and there will be several maps of of, of like how the flannies look like six seven hundred years ago and then it will be fifteen hundred two thousand years ago and then three four thousand and then about ten or so thousand years ago and 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 that that i can be can be i, I can be a good tool but it can also be i think an even better inspiration for others to do because some people might not like the the way i've taken it but on the other hand it can inspire them to 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 do it in a different way so sometimes even seeing things done wrong from your perspective can help you want to do it right, so to speak. So, yeah. so so, I think some people will love what I do. Other people will say, no, that's not my version of Greyhawk history. And both can actually, I think, be helpful. And they will be yeah. open, yeah, creative commons. And so like my other Greyhawk work, so yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Those, yeah, those are the big things. And I have some little tidbits like the banner projects, more heraldry, milestones, and stuff like that, so yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you both for all your work that you guys do for the community. It, we're, we're, we're absolutely blessed to have um, such uh, great resources uh, becoming available. Absolutely. I second that uh, as well. Very, very nice. Um, I've got a quick add-on from earlier in the conversation. Troy, you had suggested looking into the um, Grognard uh, Flipping and Turning magazine, and I found it online. You can find it, and I just ordered it, actually. The, the number oh. five is the one that has the lighthouse in it but it's smoldering dung games.com um, they have a website there all the flipping and turnings are on there you can order them they're like 15 bucks a piece so nothing crazy so just as an add-on detail and with that we're gonna go ahead and uh end our adventure for today but thank you troy and anna for the gift thank you to the team uh, all the play testers editors 
artists um, that, that put these two beautiful pieces together. And we'll thank you in advance for anything else that comes down the pike for um, D&D stuff from Lens Archive. So for Mateus, Mateus and myself, um, wish you all the best out there. Be safe, be kind to one another, and we'll see you on our next adventure here on Greycast. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Greycast podcast, where we explore the world of Greyhawk one podcast at a time. Mateus and I are excited to share our passion for the world of Greyhawk with each of you. We'll drop episodes every other Monday featuring all things Greyhawk. Please refer us to all your cool, nerdy Greyhawkian friends and allies, even your most hated enemies at the gate. You can find our podcast on Spotify, and be sure to give us a follow on Twitter, at Greycast576, to keep up with Greycast. Until next time, remember, it's a dangerous business going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to.